Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 31 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. If you haven't done so, I hope you'll check out the links in the show's description page to my two YouTube channels, An Evening of Old Time Radio and Tranquility Ambience. And if you enjoy my videos, I hope you'll consider subscribing to one or both of them. And now on to today's show. Lucille Ball needs no introduction. She is a TV icon to millions due to her famous TV show, I Love Lucy. But before her fame on the small screen, she was already a household name due to her radio and film career. And even before that, she started out as a model and a Broadway performer under the stage name Diane Belmont. She starred in several films for RKO Pictures and supporting roles during the 30s and the 40s, and appeared in radio to help her gain exposure for her film career. She was a guest on many radio programs and got her first starring role as Liz Cooper on My Favorite Husband, alongside Richard Denning as her husband. The show was a huge success, and CBS asked Ball to help develop it for television. She agreed, but insisted on her real-life husband, Desi Arnaz, playing the role of her husband instead of Denning. CBS eventually agreed, and the show premiered in 1951 as I Love Lucy, with different characters and a completely different premise than its radio predecessor. And the rest, as they say, is history. It launched Lucille Ball to superstardom and eventually led to two other successful TV shows for her, The Lucy Show and Here's Lucy. But it all began with My Favorite Husband now considered one of the greatest old-time radio sitcoms ever. Now sit back and enjoy the September 17th, 1948 broadcast of My Favorite Husband. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We present My Favorite Husband, a new series based on Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. This is the story of Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, the record of a happy marriage. Well, as we look in on the Cougats this morning, the scene is familiar. Breakfast is being served in its usual manner. Liz and George are seated in their usual places. And the only sounds to be heard are the tick of the automatic toaster and the soft, cozy snap of George's cereal. But wait a minute. Can't you smell something burning? Is it the toast or the bacon or... Oh, I see. It's Liz doing a slow burn at George. Because, as usual, he has his nose buried in the morning paper. George, pay some attention to me. All right, Liz. Hmm, your hair is thinning out. Put down that paper. Why? That's not my head you're patting, it's a cantaloupe. Oh. (laughs) You're always so businesslike in the morning. Why don't we ever have the kind of breakfast we had when we were first married? Remember those? I certainly do. What do you remember most? The burned toast and the lumpy cereal. (laughs) Now, 
George, I tried to be a good cook. Yes, you did. You tried everything. You know, it was very smart of you to butter the toast with unguentine so it wouldn't burn. <laughs> All right. Maybe when we were first married, I couldn't cook. But you weren't handy around the house, either. You couldn't even fix the lock on the bathroom door. Oh, Liz, that was ten years ago. Do you still remember that? Yes, every time I climbed through the window. I'm ready to call a truce. And how about the time you rewired the house? Oh, now, don't bring that up. For two weeks, when you pushed the doorbell, the lights went on in the attic. Now, Liz. I ran upstairs so many times, I felt like a lighthouse keeper. Yes, I said truce. Now, how about a... Big, early morning kiss. There's nothing I'd rather do. Mm -hmm. Come close to me. Close enough? No, real close. How's it? Swell. Now put your arms around me. Oh, George. Now scratch my back. George Cougar, if you don't kiss me right now, I'll come to breakfast tomorrow morning in curlers and a mud pack. I thought that would do it. Ah. Liz, don't be silly. I'd kiss you anytime, anywhere, any place. <laughs> what are you giggling about? How about three o'clock in the YWCA steam room? <laughs> oh, it's a date. George, you know, maybe you shouldn't kiss me in front of the windows. The neighbors might see us. Who? The Chamberlains aren't home, and old General Timberlake is too nearsighted to see anything this far away. Not when he uses binoculars. General Timberlake, what a character. Oh, George, the general's just eccentric. He's a dear old man. Yeah, you didn't call him a dear old man the day you were having a garden party and he turned on the sprinklers. I don't care. I think he's sweet. I suppose he was sweet the day Katie was airing my raccoon coat and he shot it full of holes because he thought it was a bear. (laughs) Well, he explained he didn't have on his glasses. Well, even without his glasses. How could he think a bear would have a Yale pennant in his pocket? Oh, now, dear, don't be so hard on him. You know, I've been worried about the general lately. He used to take long walks every day, and he hasn't been out of the house all week. I think I'll go over and visit him. Mm, You're really asking for it. He'll bore you to death with those stories of battles he claims he was in. Well, how do you know? Some of them may be true. Anyway, I think I'll go see if anything's wrong. Oh, that sounds like Cory Cartwright's horn. I guess it's time to leave for the bank. George, every time Corey drives you to the bank in that car, I worry. Why? Because that car is built for parking, not driving. <laughs> has reclining seats, indirect lighting, hot and cold running chorus girl. That isn't a car, it's a nightclub. Well, Corey does a lot of his entertaining there. Oh, he thinks he's such a Casanova. Oh, Corey's a lot of fun. Good morning, George and Liz. Good morning. Care for a lollipop, anybody? Where did you get a lollipop? I had a friend out for a date last night, and she left it in the car. (laughs) Corey, it's about time you went out with older girls. Oh, I do, Liz. I finally met the girl. I'm really in love. Her name is Daphne McCormick. Here's a picture of her. Hmm, not bad. Hmm. George, I told you not to read at breakfast. Isn't she a ravishing creature, though? Look at those lines, that color, the modern design, and all those extras, too. (laughs) Terrific, huh? Terrific. She's the reason good Sam turned bad. (laughs) Hey, it's time we left for the bank. Oh, uh, honey, were you serious about going to see General Timberlake? 
Yes, I feel sorry for him. Well, all right, but I hope you don't regret it. Remember, the last time you went over, you forgot to salute, and he threw you in the guardhouse. Well, if I'm not back in two days, send me a cake with a file in it. Oh, hello. How are you today, General? Tension! Oh, sorry. I forgot to salute. Eddie, pull up a knapsack and take a load off your case on. <laughs> thank you, General. How have you been feeling? Oh, fine, thank you, Mr. Cougat. Fine, yeah. Ain't felt so good since the Battle of Bull Run. Now, there was a fracas. You know, I was the youngest officer there. General, you were in the Battle of Bull Run. That was 80 years ago, and you were only a baby. Yes, I was the youngest officer there. <laughs> General, are those some new medals you're wearing? I don't oh. believe I've ever seen that big golden with the red, white, and blue lettering. Oh, well, that one. Well, that's a special medal uh, commemorating one of the greatest events in our country's history. Let me read the inscription. Well, uh... uh Jubilee sale, Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> <laughs> We've been worried about you, General. You haven't been taking your daily walks. Your leg isn't bothering you again, is it? Oh, no, no, Miss Cook. It only bothers me on the anniversary of the day I was wounded. Yeah. Oh. You know, I was surrounded by a howling mob of enemy. They charged me from every side, but I stood them all off single-handed. What battle was that? Uh, Jubilee sale at Sears and Robot. <laughs> You know, I, I've really been concerned. I haven't seen you around for a couple of days. Is anything wrong? Oh, uh, well, now that you mention it, there is, Miss Cougat. Uh, I've been sort of keeping company, you know, with Winifred Higgins, the librarian, and... Uh, oh. Well, now, we had a quarrel, because, uh, well, I did a terrible thing, and Miss Higgins will never forgive me. Well, what did you do? I kept a 14-day book 15 days. <laughs> That's too bad. You used to go to the library every night to study history, didn't you? Well, uh, frankly, Miss Cougat, uh, <laughs> I wasn't studying history so much as I was studying Higgins. <laughs> well, I know Miss Higgins. She's that gray-haired librarian, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Don't let that gray hair fool you, though. She may be an old addition, but she's still got a beautiful table of contents. <laughs> Libraries are such romantic places. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all over for me now. Oh, now, General, Miss Higgins won't stay mad if you go to her and apologize. No, no, I tried that, but didn't work. I'm a lonesome man, Miss Cougat. I ain't got nobody to talk to, nobody to talk to about my battles. Reckon how I'm um, just an old soldier's just been left behind. <laughs> General, you can talk to me if you like. I can? Any time at all. Well, how about this afternoon? Oh, well, well, that's, that's fine. Well, sound the trumpets. Sound the trumpets. I'll be right over after chow. All right, see you later, General. Uh, Miss Cougar? Yes, General? You may go to your quarters. Oh, aye, aye, sir. Now, you better practice your salute, Katie. The general's coming over. 
Oh, it won't matter if I salute him or not, Mrs. Cougat. He never remembers who I am anyway. Oh, the other day I was sitting in the upstairs window mending Mr. Cougat's striped pajamas, and he hollered, Well, Barbara Fritchie! <laughs> what did you say? Well, I hollered back, Shoot if you must this old gray head, but spare Mr. Cougat's pajama bottoms. <laughs> Next time I'll buy George's pajamas with 13 stars in the seat. Oh, the general's kind of cute. He reminds me of my first husband. Clarence was a fighter. He took part in hundreds of battles. Oh, with Pershing? No, with me. Oh. <laughs> now, Katie, was he really a military man? Well, he was wounded in combat. The enemy caught him sneaking through the lines late one night and ambushed him from behind. What happened? The enemy hit him with a rolling pin. <laughs> I'll get it, Katie. It's probably the general. Oh, hello, general. Come in, won't you? Sergeant! Yes, sir. <clears throat> Salute him, Katie, or he won't come in. Oh, yes, ma'am. There he is. There he is. I'll be out in the kitchen doing KP. <laughs> you care for some tea, General? Tea? Oh, no, thank you, ma'am. Never drink tea. Always reminds me of the Boston Tea Party. Now, there was a fracas. Uh, the whole bay was filled with tea. British sailors was firing over our heads. The guns was blazing. The air was black with smoke. Well, sir, with my trusty bowie knife, I slipped over the side of an old four-rigger down General, to the General, General, just a minute. Now, the Boston Tea Party was 175 years ago. Now, don't tell me you were there. No, no. But it sure makes a colorful story, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> What would you like to do this afternoon? Well, no, I thought we'd relive some of our American history. We'll recreate some of the big battles of the past. Now, the sofa there can be the fort. General, uh, couldn't we do something else a, a little quieter? Mm. Well, all right, Miss Coogan, all right. I guess we could play checkers or something. Right? Well, that's all right, General, I promise. This is your afternoon. We'll do whatever you want. Good, good. Then let's begin by charging San Juan Hill. Mrs. Cougar, get yourself a big stick and glue on the mustache. You're going to be Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> now, Miss Cougar, this chair is General Lee, and I'm General Sherman. What am I going to be? You're the outskirts of Atlanta. <laughs> this ought to be fun. What do you do, get a match and set me on fire? No, no, Miss Cougar. You see, I use this umbrella here as my saber, and I charge past you like this. What was that? You caught your saber in the outskirts, and now there's a big hole in the south side of Atlanta. <laughs> oh, General, don't you think we fought enough battles today? Why, Miss Cougar, we're just beginning to take Bunker Hill. But my troop is starting to droop. <laughs> Well, we can't lag back now. You're in command on the north side, I'm in command on the south side, and the lamp is Bunker Hill. Now, I'm going to make a frontal attack. Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry, Miss Cougar. Well, what happened, Mrs. Cougar? Why are you just standing there staring at the lamp? Mrs. Cougar, say something. So long, Bunker Hill. <laughs> You having a lot of fun, Miss Cougar? <laughs> oh, yes. 
I haven't had so much fun since I got caught in a folding bed. <laughs> well, now, what battle should we do now? Say, General, I just had a good idea. Why don't we do the ride of Paul Revere? Ride of Paul Revere? Yes. Now, there was a fracas. General, you be Paul Revere. Oh, uh, right away. Katie. Oh, you... no. I didn't mind when he tied a message around my leg and made me a carrier pigeon. <laughs> but I'm not going to get down on all fours and be Paul Revere's horse. <laughs> no, no, you're the old North Church. But before you give the signal, open the front door. Paul's going to take a long ride. Yes, ma'am, I get it. Go ahead, North Church. Give the signal. Paul, the British are coming. Yeah, the Redcoats are coming. Warn the countryside. Start riding, Paul. The British are coming. Well, here we go. Charge! The Redcoats are coming in. Charge! General, that's the hall closet. <laughs> Sorry. Wake up. The British are coming. Charge! The Redcoats are coming. He's gone. <laughs> oh, it's I can't help it, Katie. He was wearing me out. If he comes back, tell him Molly Pitcher deserted. Anybody home? Liz? Oh, good evening, George. Honey, what's the matter? The general was here all afternoon. Oh. I've been fighting battles all day. And I'm so tired, I can barely move my rear echelon. <laughs> oh, what did he do? Draft you? I tried to get rid of him once, but all he did was ride around the block and bivouac in the cellar. Liz, you're exaggerating. Now, where's Katie? Oh, you mean Pocahontas? She's upstairs, lying down. Oh. What happened to her? General Timberlake insisted she smoke a peace pipe with him, and now Pocahontas heap sick Indian. <laughs> Well, I warned you about him. I know. It was a rugged day, but I'm still glad I did it. It cheered him up. He was lonesome because he'd had a fight with his girlfriend, Miss Higgins. My poor little tired papoose. <laughs> George, how about giving the city of Atlanta a kiss? All right. Mmm. Gee, that was more like the whole state of Georgia. <laughs> kiss me again. Let's make this Alabama, Tennessee, and Virginia. Okay. Wow, the solid south. <laughs> Come on, sit on my lap, Scarlett O'Hara. All right. Hey, how do you happen to kiss so good? Oh, it's your inspiration. You're enough to make Mason throw away his Dixon. <laughs> Hold me tight, George. How's this? Tighter, tighter. Oh, but Liz. Go ahead, George. Pretend I'm a sack of walnuts and crack my shells. <laughs> Look, Nutty, move over a minute. You're crushing my carnation. George, you know, sometimes when I'm with you, I get the strangest ringing in my ears. There it is again. No, honey, that's the phone. Oh. Hello. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, General. Yes. Oh, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly. You see, I... But we... Well, General, it's just that... Well, if you put it that way, General, all right. Goodbye. Well, Liz? That was my commanding officer. We march at dawn. <laughs> what do you mean? We're going to spend tomorrow at the museum, and we're taking somebody along with us. 
I pity the poor devil who's going with you. So do I. <laughs> it's you. Oh, no. No. I'm not going, and that's final. But, George, he wants you to go so much, and I promised you would. I'm sorry, Liz. I'm not going. George, he gave us a choice. If we don't go to the museum, he's coming over to reenact the burning of Rome, and he wants you to be Nero. I surrender. What time does the museum open? You are listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. This is the story of Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, of Liz and George, and especially Liz, who made a gesture of friendship to their next-door neighbor, the general, a gesture that was a signal for a full-scale invasion. Well, the general is not only anxious to be friends, he seems to want to form a permanent military alliance. Well, Saturday morning, the general, Captain George, and Lieutenant Liz made an inspection tour of the museum. Well, Saturday afternoon, they all had target practice in the backyard. And now the captain and his first lieutenant are back in their own camp discussing strategy. <sighs> Where's the general now, Liz? He went home to get cleaned up, but he's coming back in half an hour, so you better fill the bathtub with ice cubes. Fill the bathtub with ice cubes? Why? He's going to demonstrate how Washington crossed the Delaware. <laughs> oh, Liz, I can't stand much more of this army life. Neither can I. On the last march around the museum, my feet felt like two blisters with shoes. Well, I've had enough. Oh, he's a nice old guy, but when he asked me to climb inside the barrel of that cannon, that was the last straw. He just wanted you to see if the powder was dry. Yeah, well, if it had been, when he lit that fuse, I'd have been real gone. George, I've got an idea. There's only one way to get rid of the general. We'll patch things up with Winifred Higgins. Yeah, how? Well, they say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. We'll have them both over for dinner. Yeah, I think you've got something there. Give them one ear of corn between them, and they're bound to get together. <laughs> George, George, this is a terrible flop. The General and Miss Higgins aren't even speaking to each other. What'll we do? Well, keep trying, honey. Maybe they'll break down. All right, but, but help me, will you? Okay. <clears throat> oh, that was a delicious dinner, dear. Thank you, George. Yes, that was a wonderful dinner, Mrs. Cougat. Thank you, Miss Higgins. Yes, sir, that was a real good mess, Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is nice. All of us being here together, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yes, three. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, Miss Higgins? Yes? How's everything at the library? Yes, Miss Higgins, how is everything at the library? Oh, fine. That's nice. People still reading as much as ever, I suppose. Yes. Yes, they are. That's nice. Help me, George. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Miss Higgins. Uh, yes, Mr. Cougat? Uh, read any good books lately? <laughs> Say, uh, Miss Cougat, did I ever tell you about the War of 1812? Yes, you did. Hmm. Say, Mr. Cougat, did I ever tell you about the War of 1812? Yes, you did. Hmm. Say... Yes, you did. 
General, there's a moon out tonight, and there's a swing on the porch. Isn't there somebody you'd like to take out there? Well, no. Yes, there is. Well, then. But what'll Mr. Cougat and Miss Higgins do whilst we're gone? General, I meant Miss Higgins. Oh, no, no, Miss Cougat. I'd much rather talk to you. Oh, please, General. <laughs> you remember the fun we had yesterday when I charged and ripped your skirt? <laughs> well, please, General. And then we knocked over Bunker Hill and spent an hour together in the dark? <laughs> well. General, the next thing you'll be telling them how we took Fort Sumter and got locked in the closet. Well. Well. Now, wait a minute, please. George, say something. Hi, Liz. Uh, Mrs. Cougat, it's very sweet of you trying to patch things up with a certain party who mutilate books in the public library. But I just don't want to patch things up with a certain party who always have to eat and read at the same time. Well, I like to eat whilst I'm reading. Yes. But how does it look when you open a history book and find the pilgrim setting foot on a piece of salami? <laughs> now, Miss Higgins... And the other day, a little boy wanted to know why the Constitution was written on a fried egg. <laughs> Imagine leaving food in a book. Leave it? I put it there. Them was bookmarks. Learn <laughs> yourself. George, you'd better say something. Read any good salami lately? <laughs> General, you know perfectly well you want to be friends with Miss Higgins again. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't need Miss Higgins now that I've found you. You're my new aide-de-camp. You can bring your duffel bag to my headquarters any day. General, please, you don't understand. My duffel belongs to George. I don't care, Miss <laughs> I don't care. You may be assigned to another battalion, but I can get you transferred for active duty. <laughs> If you don't mind, I think I'll go home. Uh, thank you for the dinner. Thanks for everything. Oh, I've had a wonderful time. <laughs> now, General, aren't you ashamed of yourself? You've made her cry. Well... Didn't expect her to do that. I tried to get you two together, and what do you do? You ruin it. Now, Liz, it isn't all the general's fault. Don't forget it was your idea. Well, I might have known this would happen. Just when the battle's going against me, my own captain looks me in the face and shoots me in the back. Liz, you can smile now. The general's gone. Oh, George, when it comes to messing things up, I can outmess anybody in the whole world. Well, you only get in these messes because you're so generous and try to help people out. George, now the general wants me for his aide de camp. Oh, honey, the general's unpredictable. He probably won't visit us again for days. You think so? I know so. Attention! George, salute with both hands. I can't get up. As you were, as you were. Just came over to thank you. For your courageous and unselfish service to a comrade in arms. General, the only comrade in my arms is going to be George Cougat. It's in our contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, Miss Cougat, don't you worry about me. Miss Higgins and I finally made up. Yeah, we're as close as Kaiser and Fraser. <laughs> Miss... <laughs> 
Miss Higgins uh, isn't mad at you anymore. No, no. She was waiting for me by the hydrangea bush. <laughs> and she said I could take books out just so long I kept mustard off my bookmarks. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. The end of a perfect day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, now there's uh, just one thing that kind of worries me. What's that? Miss Kugat, uh, I was uh, using my charms on you for selfish reasons, and uh, if it turns your head, I'm, well, I'm sorry. I was just trying to make Miss Higgins jealous. <laughs> Why, General? General, you're uh, kind of a wolf. Yeah. With my hair, I'm more of a silver fox, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> guess I better be getting back to the library. But, um, say, before I go, did I ever tell you about the Spanish-American War? Now, there was a fracas. We was down at the Philippines, see, and was hot General, as General. Yeah? Now, come on, confess. You weren't really in the Spanish-American War, were you? <laughs> well, you know something, Miss Cougat? I really was. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> never want to live through two days like this again. It was kind of hectic, wasn't it? It reminds me of our honeymoon. Our honeymoon. Now there was a fracas. <laughs> Asleep, George? No. Thinking of something? Yes. What? Sleeping. George, it's stuffy in here. One of us forgot to open the window. Yeah, one of us forgot to open the window. Mm. One of us ought to get up and do it. Yeah, one of us ought to get up and do it. Well, somebody's got to do it. What are you waiting for? A burglar. Oh, George, please. All right. Now the window's stuck. I can't raise it. That's funny. There is a burglar. He's looking in the window when he's wearing striped pajamas. George, you're trying to raise the mirror. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought he was a pretty good-looking burglar. Oh, come back over here and kiss me. Okay. But I kissed you last night and got my ear caught in a curler. I'm not wearing curlers tonight. Hmm? What are you wearing? Pajamas. They're warmer. Well, here's your good night kiss. Mm. Oh, George, I'm lucky to be married to you. Why? Because if I weren't, I'd get in a lot of trouble sneaking over here every night for a kiss. Good night, George. <laughs> My Favorite Husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.